catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Tuesday morning, April 5th. I'm Matthew Bell, and this is The Point from WUFT News. The Florida legislator recently passed a bill that would make it easier for others to visit loved ones in health care facilities. And as WUFT's Violet Comber Weiland speaks to WUSF's Stephanie Colombini, she tells us more about the caveats that led to this legislation being passed. Here's Violet and Stephanie. So we've known for a long time since the pandemic began that that really dragged out period of isolation, especially for residents in nursing homes and assisted living facilities when understandably, you know, facilities at first were trying to lock down visitation because they didn't want, um, you know, unwanted infection spreading, but it had this unintended consequence of seniors being alone, separated from their families for a long time. We saw in hospitals that happen as well in the beginning. And then anytime we've had um, pretty bad surges, they've had to restrict visitation again. And so there you are in the hospital, you know, having a maybe your baby or a pivotal life moment or somebody passing away and they weren't always able to be with their families for a lot of that. Um, and so when we heard that Florida was going to be considering a law to change that, to kind of expand visitation access, I wanted to report on it. And in my reporting discovered that a lot of states have taken similar action. I think about a dozen now have either passed a law last year or considering passing laws this year to do the same thing. So can you go a little bit more in depth about how the people you spoke to dealt with balancing the virus as well as making sure their loved ones were taken care of? Yeah, so we wanted to hear from people who were directly affected by some of these visitation restrictions. And we actually did a call out on the air and on social media, inviting people in the Tampa Bay region to share whether they had been affected by this, whether they had a loved one in a nursing home or a hospital. And we got a lot of really good responses. So some of the people I talked to, um, like Gene White and Kevin Rizout in the story, are people who filled out that form and they had experiences to share. So I reached out to them. We met in person. They shared their stories of the harm that the separation from their loved ones caused on on that person, on their families, on the experience. Uh, One woman, her mom had dementia or still has dementia, and she really saw a huge decline in her mom's mental state in those year plus of either completely being separated or when the facility would open and then lock down again, and that was really damaging. And then another man whose father died in a hospital, and they were able to see him at the very end of his life just to say goodbye. But at that point, he was already unconscious, on tubes, on a ventilator, and it was really traumatic for them that they couldn't really be with him in the weeks leading up to that when he was still conscious and kind of say their goodbyes the right way. Um, But there are multiple perspectives to this issue. So I also talked to hospital industry leaders and and assisted living facility industry leaders about how this would affect healthcare providers, what kind of flexibility do those facilities need in pandemics or other health emergencies to protect their patients and staff, and, and how might a law make that challenging if we were guaranteeing families to be able to go in any time. So beyond these interviews, what kind of statistics and other information did you use to enhance this story? I think seeing a couple investigations, one from the Associated Press that was published in late 2020 that looked at um, 
nursing home deaths and found that for every two people who died in long-term care facilities because of COVID, another person died prematurely of other causes. And they looked at some of the various causes, looked at death certificates, some had to do with neglect, you know, staff not being able to treat them as much as they normally would necessarily, or not getting exercise, but then others were, they were called failure to thrive on the death certificate. And it was tied to despair, basically so depressed or unstimulated from not having engagement on a regular basis that people kind of just withered away and died. And that was really striking to see that. And then just this year, another study was published that um, also kind of backed up how um, patients in nursing homes, especially those with dementia, suffered from prolonged isolation. And that even in communities that didn't have high rates of COVID infection, they still saw this decline in people who were affected by the restrictions. So um, again, you know, understanding where hospitals and long-term care facilities are coming from and their desire to prevent infection, but we do have evidence that it had really harsh unintended consequences. That was WUFT's Violet Comber Weiland interviewing WUSF's Stephanie Colombini and new legislation on visiting sick loved ones. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. A federal judge has struck down a case put forth by Tampa School Cambridge Christian. According to Newswire service, the case centers around the school using the PA system for prayer before games. The judge in the case found that the Florida High School Athletic Association was a state actor, and that Cambridge should not be granted unrestricted access to deliver prayer via the PA system. The ruling also states the case, quote, is not about whether two Christian schools may pray together at a football game, unquote. Inspectors were back in Orlando Monday investigating the Orlando Free Fall Thrill Ride at Icon Park. The attraction made headlines last week after a 14-year-old fell to his death while on board. On Friday, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed hired a forensic engineering and analysis firm to assist in the investigation. Freed's office, on Monday, issued pages of state statute and the permitting and inspection requirements for rides in Florida. According to NewsForJax.com, the ride has been under an official stop operation order issued by the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. New York City and its mayor, Eric Adams, have launched a campaign of digital billboards and social media ads to run in five Florida cities to promote the Big Apple. According to the Ocala Star Banner, the ads target the state's controversial Don't Say Gay bill and promotes New York City as a place LGBTQ people are welcomed as residents and tourists. Governor DeSantis Press Secretary Christina Pushaw says, quote, Mayor Adams is doing Florida a favor, unquote, and that the state would be better off with those people leaving. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Matthew Bell, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Tuesday.